Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Chloe Peltier. Hey, what's up? You know Chloe from the site. She's written a ton of pieces. She's been on episodes. I mean, you've heard her reviewing movies just based on things she's seen of them while working at the theater. <laughs> it's, it's fun to do that. I enjoy it. Yeah, tell us about that a little bit. Like, give the uninitiated a little taste of what you're actually doing when you're doing that. Well, basically, like, since I serve in the theater, as it was described in episode 12, I walk in and out of the theater constantly bringing people drinks and food. And because of that, I kind of, like, get a new take on the movie that most people don't have. But at the same time, I don't see the whole thing all at once. So it's like I'm lacking something, but also having something that everybody else doesn't have. It's it's just kind of funny because I feel kind of uneducated about the film, but also jaded about the film whenever I'm talking about them. Yeah, because you'll like know a scene from it like really, really, really well because you've seen it like yeah. 12 times, <laughs> but you've probably only seen like maybe 20 minutes of the entire film. And it usually ends up raising more questions for me than it has answers. Like, like I've seen the scene in Paul Blart Mall Cop mall cop 2 or whatever when he gets attacked by that bird and there's like the pianist like smiling at him i've seen that like three times but i haven't seen like most of the rest of the film i really what if like that's that just scene. the whole film <laughs> what if it's, that's, wish, it's just that really on that loop part. like it's just that part is really funny <laughs> yeah it's just like a gif playing over and over or a gif or however the nerds say it's supposed to be said you know i've i just realized i've never heard it said out loud i think it's gif i always but, thought it was gif and then in recent GIF. recent years, there was there's been a push for GIF. I think because GIF the guy like, the guy who invented it says it's GIF, but fuck that shit. GIF sounds like peanut butter though, and yeah. that's not even like a good peanut butter though. That's like a shitty peanut butter that like. Don't trash our sponsors. <laughs> this week we're sponsored by GIF peanut butter. <laughs> it's like somebody's mom. I'm gonna have to cut all of this out. Not into good peanut butter gives you jiff jesus you're just <laughs> doubling down on the jiff hate i know I, I really really don't want us to get any money i've actually never had jiff peanut butter it tastes like nothing i mean i mean it sure it tastes like peanuts yeah it does but like you know i love that peanut butter where you can grind it yourself like out of the machine people will think that we're not on topic right now but we're actually kind of on topic because exactly. the topic for today is food in film yeah the whole idea of food being displayed cinematically, what we like, what we dislike, how it's handled well, how it's not handled, is a very near and dear topic to us, me and Chloe, because we cook, we make foods. Yeah, we, we post so much food on Facebook that I'm pretty sure our friends are annoyed by it at this point. We're those people. We're the annoying people that do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how about you start it off? Give me a... Uh, a good example of food in film or however you want to interpret that topic. Just give me something. Oh, gosh. Well, we've both written pieces on um, food and film. I mean, because you've written, well, yours was more like a photo piece, but you did like that one from, uh, what's his name? The Home Alone guy. John Hughes. Oh. Yeah. I yeah, did a John piece Hughes. called the, the Synesthesia. I think that's how it's pronounced. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. Synesthesia of John Hughes, which is, I mean, in all of his movies, there's always like some distinct meal or food or whatever that just sticks out. And usually it's multiple, but usually there's like one that really does stick out. So I just grabbed images of food items and put them in a row and just put the name of like the movie underneath. So for Uncle Buck, I did like a stack of pancakes because you can't watch Uncle Buck and not get pancakes from it. 
Like, I can understand people not getting, like, certain subtext things from movies, but food, it's usually, like, it just goes right into your brain. It's like, that's what you get from it. You watch Uncle Buck, you think pancakes, you think pancakes rule. Then the next one's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which kind of an oddball choice is soda, because there's that very important scene where uh, the principal's looking for Ferris, and he goes into, like, the arcade or whatever, and he sees somebody yeah. looks like him, and then she turns around, it's a chick... She spits cola in his face. That's a very distinct scene. And just the texture of the soda and the sound of her slurping it and then spitting it and it hitting him. Very important. Very crucial. Next one, Career Opportunities. Not directed by John Hughes, but written by him. There's this uh, roasted chicken scene in the film, and that's very distinct. And there's also a, a great little peanut butter part in that, too, where the dad gets like a midnight snack and he dips chicken in peanut butter like just in the jar and then just like uh, rubs it back and forth in the jar and then pulls it out and then just takes a big bite out of it i love that and then the next one home alone cheese pizza obviously and then the next one curly sue other john hughes movie cheese pizza again then we come to the breakfast club sushi you know there's a lot of food in that film but sushi is the one that really really sticks out for me I mean, that whole scene, the lunch scene, that's that whole movie for me. If you had to distill the whole movie down to one scene, that's the scene. That's the best scene in the whole movie. Everybody knows it, where everybody's eating their lunch and comparing lunches. And then the last one on my list, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, ice cream with chocolate uh, syrup dripped on it. The ice cream scene in that movie is pretty uh, iconic. Yeah, totally. You could almost say that like the John Hughes movies are almost like a, it's like an American food time capsule type deal. Absolutely. I haven't seen, believe it or not, like half of them, which is crazy because they're like oh, really man. popular movies. Like I've never seen The Breakfast John Club he before. Oh, girl. That's yeah. like a, that's a very Chloe movie. There are definite Chloe aspects to that film that you will enjoy. Yeah, we did a screening of it recently and I served in that, but like, and I was walking into parts of it and liked it. I just had never actually seen the whole thing. So You and your parts. <laughs> you should have a yeah. section on the side just called Chloe's parts. <laughs> yes. And it'll that would sound be pretty funny. Yeah, it'll sound <laughs> very pornographic and then you go there and it's just you talking about like five minutes of Paul Blart or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That would actually be all right. That's not a bad idea. We can tell people to check out Chloe's parts. <laughs> I think it'll go yeah. over well. People will come for the pornography and stay for the film. I mean, people always think that their site is called Smut Film. I know. I'll, I'll say it to people out loud, and I don't know if I just don't enunciate enough or what, but they'll be like, smut film? What? But um, I really think that one, like, you just talked about, like, a very iconic American filmmaker, but I mean, there's the obvious Japanese filmmaker, Miyazaki, with all of his food. Right. It's like, that's the thing that sticks out to me most about his work is just, like, it is just food everywhere, like, and it's really well done. And there's been lots of times where in real life I've tried to replicate his like look and feel of food with real food, <laughs> you know, like even though it's not possible to do. Yeah, it's like um, it's too perfect. And I feel like Japanese cuisine gets closest to like animation as far as like the presentation of food, the way that they lay out their plates and like the idea of like nori and just how it looks. It's like something that you could draw pretty easily. Whereas a lot of other cuisines, there's like, it's a little too complex to really draw accurately, whereas Japanese seems like the closest. Yeah. And what's weird is like, they'll depict food from other cultures really well. Like they'll depict our food 
like almost better than they depict their own food. Well, like, food can often look like a lot better in animation. Yeah, and in animation, like I won't get into animation too far, but uh, I think but we should actually. I think that's a good that's a good choice. A lot of like the tastiest looking food that I've ever seen in film has been animated stuff, like Ratatouille. That's my favorite Pixar oh, movie, God. and the lighting in that movie, for one thing, is extraordinary. Still looks amazing. Still looks like the best stuff they've ever done. Just the interior lighting in that film is just ridiculous. You know, and the exterior stuff. That's all good too. Yeah, the guy who did. I forget the name of him, but the guy who did the lighting for Ratatouille went to my college mm -hmm. uh, full sale. And uh, so we did like anytime that somebody went to there and like was successful, they would like kind of play up whatever movies they were working on and like, like use them as examples a lot. So we ended up using Ratatouille as an example in a lot of our lessons and stuff. It's that a great movie, man. That's excellent. Far and beyond my favorite Pixar. Another animated movie that really um, has, that I love the food in, that I don't think gets enough love, is uh, Mulan. Like, um, hmm. when she's having, like, the breakfast, Mushu makes her, like, the porridge with the face, and he goes, it's porridge, and it's happy to see ya. <laughs> like, I totally I forgot it. that. I saw it's that got, once like, the bacon smile. in a drive-in when I was a kid, and I never saw it again. But that's... Dude, I always loved Mulan, like, so much that, like, I had, like, a book of all the songs from it, and wow. I did... Dude, I did, like, a solo when I was in, like, third grade or first grade or second grade or... Sometimes, like, where I just, like, stood up in front of, like, hundreds of people and sang one of the songs from Mulan, dressed as her. But back to food, though. Um, yeah, some of my favorite uh, animated food is, like, Tom and Jerry. Like, the old stuff where, like, yeah. they'd be, like, running around on the table and there'd be food everywhere. Especially, like, the Jello molds. I distinctly remember Jello molds yeah. looking fucking yeah. amazing in Tom and Jerry. Like, that just looks better than any Jell-O you've ever seen. And Jell-O is, like, a very appealing-looking food, but it's got nothing on fucking Tom and Jerry Jell-O. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, before we go any further, the thing, because you just said the word appealing, that's what I was going to say about animation, is appeal is actually an animation principle, and it's most often used with food. It's, like, the, the easiest way to describe it is making something look delicious. Like, that's what my animation teacher always, like, told me to like think of when you think of appeal but like appeal applies to other things too so it's like whenever you're talking about anything looking a certain way say it needs to look delicious even if it's not food hmm. so what do you mean by by rules of animation oh just like there's these 12 principles of animation uh and each one of them um it's kind of like the guys at disney decided that they were gonna lay them out because they needed to figure out how to create the illusion of life, so to speak, like how to make animation consistent right. and believable. And they figured out that these these were the best things to follow, like with technicality. But I found that like, not just technically, but they actually hold up with other stuff too, not just like whether something looks right. They actually hold up in other areas like whether a story works and stuff and it's weird because you never hear that talked about but i noticed that repeating a lot when i was studying it we should do like an episode of that yeah we should um last night i watched uh, like water for chocolate it has like a fable aspect where it's like a um a younger woman describing like her grandmother and like her all of her generations of um like their history with food and all this stuff which is awesome because you're Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this episode if I didn't think that 
like using food as a way to tell a story was awesome. But um, I feel like it gets so far away from the food. Like there's all this stuff that happens like where basically the woman will cook a food while she's feeling an emotion and then you'll feel the people who eat it will feel the emotion. And that's that's where that came from. Cause that's a, there's this movie, this Sarah Michelle Gellar movie called Simply Irresistible. Like that's the whole conceit of that film. Oh yeah. Wow. And I'm sure that's been used in other things too. So maybe it's not exactly from like water from chocolate, but I, I remember that as like a motif that a bunch of movies have done. I'm sure if John D'Amico were here right now, he'd be like, yeah, he there's like a 1930s <laughs> movie where it originated or whatever, but you know, I'm sure it's like a, some sort of trope or whatever word yeah but like it's a really cool idea you know and 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 they they center a lot of it around tears and tears falling into dude that's exactly that the same as simply irresistible really i'm gonna look it up right now maybe it was like one of those like remake kind of things yeah like one of, yeah one of those secret remakes yeah also it's a foreign film so like that's another secret remake alley that they could go through or whatever yeah, it doesn't say it was a remake. I guess it just fucking rips off from it. Or it's just an often ripped off thing where it's like, who knows where it even originated. But it's like the exact same thing. There's a moment where she cries into the soup and then it changes how it tastes. Except but, Simply Irresistible has 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think your movie is probably in the 80s or the 90s. Right. <laughs> so it seems like the jury's out on which one did it more effectively. But I, I mean, that's not a bad movie, Simply Irresistible. It's like one of those movies that your sister forces you to watch with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have like, I know your sister's like older than you. I don't have an older sister that forces me to watch stuff, but I know what you mean about the whole like sister. Yeah, that's the only way you would watch Simply Irresistible (laughs) is if you had an older sibling in like 1999. Like that's, that would be about it. And it'd have to be like, you're young enough that she has like Lord over you and over the television so you're just kind of forced to watch it. It's like physically pulls you over and like makes you. Or you want to play video games and she's like, no, I'm watching this. And then you're like, come on. And she's like, nah, just watch the rest of it. And then you watch the rest <laughs> of it. And that's not terrible. That, that's simply irresistible. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this movie, like, it just makes me a little bothered that it had such a cool idea, but it didn't show it as much as I liked I don't know. Maybe I'm just picky or something, but it got so soap opera y. And I can tell it was like on purpose because like it's almost like cheesy to a point. But is it dated? Um, because it's yeah. from like the early 90s, right? Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, like for us, it's not that old for smug film. It's not that old because, you know, we talk about old shit all the time. Right. But uh, it's it's got like this really brown feel to it, which is fine. But it's like it kind of ruins that there's a bunch of food in it, you know, cause you don't really see the colors of it. Very right. Much. So like the food's conforming to yeah, you know, the presentation like of the whole film. It. Yeah. And the thing is like, she makes so much food throughout the film that the times when it's significant kind of just fade into the background. And that kind of sucks. Cause it's like, I, it, it kind of convolutes it. Like, I mean, it's her, it, her whole life is just this droning on of, Making food, making food, making food, and being sad, and making food, and being sad. And oh like, man! She like it, you can tell that it's almost like oh, this is what it's like being a sad lady. Is you you can you make a lot of food and you're sad all the time, and like now you have to suffer through that so you can feel like her. And, you know, oh like, man! Which is fine, but it's like it's not fun. 
Right. You know, like it's fun whenever she makes a dish and then everybody like flips shit and like because of the dish. But that happens like three times and the rest of the movie is just the sadness in between. <laughs> You're mm. just like, well, this sucks kind of. Like, yeah, that's not fun. You know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, there was a uh, there was a food movie, I guess like maybe five, six years ago called No Reservations with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Aaron Eckhart. And the whole thing with that one is, you know, it wasn't well received. It got like 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it probably has like a high audience score or anything. It wasn't anybody's favorite. But I remember like I ended up seeing it and there's this one scene where like he makes pasta for her daughter and the pasta looks really fucking good. Mm. And like, that's the whole movie. Like that's the power of food and film. Like that becomes, it, it trumps anything else you can possibly do in the film. Because Absolutely. it's just depicted so well. And it's like, if that movie was a short film, probably would have been very well received because it would just be centered around that pasta. And it's just this this irresistible thing where you see that and it's depicted so well. And it's like, if you don't live up to that in the rest of the film, then you're really fucked because everyone's going to think everything else was so fucking shitty. Totally. That makes perfect sense. Like, I feel like... Food is ex so important in film, but they're like, I don't hear people talk about it much, but it's one of the things that stands out to me a lot with whether I'm going to like a movie. And it's like, that's why with Water for Chocolate, I thought it was cool, but it was like not so cool because it's like what you were saying where everything has to live up to the food. It's almost like it was about the food, but the food didn't live up to the idea of the food. Right. And like, whereas uh, with Big Night which Ooh. you just recently told me to watch. Perfect choice. Awesome. Yeah, I, I demanded that you that you see that one. Oh my God, it was so good. I was like raving to everyone the next day. I was telling everyone. And one guy actually said he's going to go watch it. So it wow. worked. But yeah. Um, so you change one person, he changes somebody. Soon yeah, we change the world. Pay it forward, which is another movie that we don't need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> boring i don't but, think uh, i've ever actually fucking seen it and i've, we don't I've need to talk about it. wait a second wait a second because i've <laughs> joked about that movie since it came out i mean that came out when we were pretty young but like yeah. even at our age we knew that movie was a piece of shit well i liked it as a kid but like now well, i, look I at knew it, it and i'm like it's fucking i guess you lame. were developmentally <laughs> like, a little slower than i as a child um <laughs> but yeah big night came around out around the same time i think it was probably like 98 or something mm -hmm. really good movie that was like the kind of movie that they would just play on ifc channel all the time back in the day and that's probably how i saw it initially i mean ifc channel used to be the fucking shit like right now it's all hijacked by like what's funny now and like, you know, Portlandia and comedy bang, bang. And I love Portlandia. Don't get me wrong. But like, I hate how it's now the channel is turned into just that. And then like ironic movie choices, like they'll play like fucking all the Rambos or whatever. And they'll be all like ironic about it. And it's like, no Rambo fucking rules. You know, the first two are amazing. The third one, not so much. The fourth one, incredible. But like they'll play movies like that. They'll play like big blockbuster movies and they'll do it in this ironic way. And it's so fucking insulting because there's all these great independent films that they should be playing like Big Night. Yeah. And they used to play that. They used to have fucking Dinner for Five with Jon Favreau. That was a great fucking show. I learned more about film from watching that show than anything else I've ever seen talking about film. I think that might be the developmental 
divide between our childhoods actually is that like I didn't have cable. I mean, you would have like, seen Big Night and it would have changed your life back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. So I just had like VHS uh, recordings off of TV that wasn't cable. See, I had that, but with like HBO and Showtime. My, my parents had word. HBO and Showtime, <laughs> but they never actually bought any tapes except for like maybe one or two. Like they bought Wayne's World because oh, we, yeah. we were watching that so many times we were going to wear out any taped off TV version. Might as well get a better quality one. And I think uh, Blair Witch, because you have to have Blair Witch on VHS. It looks best on VHS. That's just like, that's how it should be viewed. Um, but mostly it was just stuff taped off HBO and Showtime, which was fine because it was like, there's no commercials or whatever. It's not like taping something off of like ABC's playing something or whatever. I mean, that's pretty annoying when you have those commercial breaks and they skip scenes sometimes. But that's or, what you were basically watching. You were watching like chopped up movies. Yeah, I was fast forwarding through the commercials. And uh, and of course, there's like the ones with the censorship in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the great like uh, calling people melon farmers instead of motherfuckers mm -hmm. and all that. <laughs> Scarface yeah. on TV is like the notoriously best one because like in that first scene, they're like, how'd you get that scar eating pineapple instead of <laughs> uh, instead of pussy, so which actually like weirdly makes more sense than the pussy eating thing. Yeah, like, because pineapple, it's, it's sharp. Yeah. So See? it actually makes more sense. It just sounds more ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of pineapple, one really good instance of food that I just happened to be. Nice segue. You said that. I <laughs> <laughs> was fucking expert. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but one really good one you know harriet the spy the pineapple soup no you i ever, don't remember I, i've seen that film but i don't remember you don't that. even that's the thing is like that is one instance of food where they don't show it a lot but they talk about it and you still love the food in it pineapple soup like okay i i've always loved harriet the spy there's a basically she's always spying on people when she spies on people she spies on these grocers yeah uh, and this guy with oh, like that's a an underrated movie that movie is fucking amazing. There's um, some but, great fucking like real locations in that. Oh and like God. little glimpses into people's lives. That's a good fucking film. Yeah, I know. I don't know. That movie does not get enough love at all. And Rosie O'Donnell isn't bad in yeah, it. Yeah, she's, she's really not grading. good in it. She's good in it. Yeah. Like she really is. But no, like in the lighting and like her outfit, the outfits and like every, everything about it, it, it. It's just got a good, it's got like this really, um, really good theme. Like it makes you feel kind of like shitty, but like kind of good at the same time. It's really weird. It's, it's very, it's like a very real theme, very relatable. Like anyway, it's like she spies on the grocers and she sees like the boy with the guy with the bike delivering groceries, like produce and stuff. And uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character falls for, I think, somebody related to that. It might even be the bike guy. But uh, he, she, like, has some kind of suspicion of him. Harriet does. Like, she doesn't trust him because she thinks that he's, like, stolen some fruit or something. Mm -hmm. And he's got, like, pineapples, and he brings them when he hangs out with, with them at the house and makes pineapple soup. And uh, but you don't see the pineapple soup as far as I know. You see like God them sipping it. some soup, but like they're talking about pineapple soup a lot. And like they're also talking about how uh, Rosie O'Donnell like burns her. I feel like it's like liverwurst or something. And she just goes, it's the worst. It's the worst. And she like yelling and, like, <laughs> you don't see that either. You just know that she's like burnt it. But all of that, like in the context of the movie and like them interacting and like her distrust of him and then coming to like him and all this stuff, it all works really well because it's like they're connected through the food, but the food isn't like taking uh, a front like seat of 
or whatever. Right. <laughs> and uh, I want to see that fucking pineapple soup, though. I've never even heard of pineapple soup. Dude, ever since then, I've always kind of wanted to try making it or something. I bet but, it's really fucking good. Yeah, that just sounds really fucking good, doesn't it? Like, yeah, man. Mm, but uh, yeah, man, like Harry the Spy fucking rules. Uh, yeah, I got to watch that one again. I'm going to see if I can find that. That's on, like, seriously like one of my favorite movies. Ever. That's one of those ones you can probably find for like three bucks on DVD because nobody cares. And It always came in like the orange like Nickelodeon box with like the orange VHS yeah. or whatever. Dude, yeah. those were amazing. Those little orange yeah. VHSs. Totally. We should uh, we should go back to Big Night though, because that's like a really yeah. fucking good one. Yeah, it's important. We let that get away from us, but that's it's a big deal. Oh man, that's I mean the that's if you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I stepped over your joke. You want to do that one again? No, it's a big deal. Go ahead. No, say it with confidence. It's a big deal. There we go. It's a big deal. Big Night's a big deal. If you're listening <laughs> at home, start doing big shots because you're gonna be drunk by the end of this. <laughs> I guess the centerpiece of that film is the timpano that they make, which is a special Italian dish, which I've never heard mentioned anywhere else. Like Food Network doesn't fucking touch it. I've never heard anybody ever talk about timpano except in Big Night. What it is, is like you basically like, it's almost like you make a ziti with like a lot of different meats in it as well. And like some eggs and things. And then you put it in like sort of an egg pastry thing and you put it all. Yeah, you make it like a dough and you put it all in a dough and it's like turned upside down and it cooks like that. And then you like slice it out like uh, giant slices of cake almost when it's done. Like it cooks for like three or four hours or something. And I mean, it looks fucking amazing in the movie. And you can tell they really like made it, you know, they didn't cheat it or anything. Like that's always a funny thing. Like in movies where like there'll be a scene where people are eating dinner and you can tell like there's just there was no thought placed on like the food whatsoever. Like, they'll just be, like, eating soup. Like, there's a great yeah. moment in uh, Billy Madison where, like, they're having, like, a fancy dinner. Like, it's, like, the first act of the movie, maybe, like, the third or fourth scene, probably, where, like, he's sitting down with, like, all his dad's, like, rich friends for, like, some, like, 6 p.m. dinner. And everybody's just eating, like, a brownish broth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it works in that film because that film's so ridiculous. But it's, like, one of those jokes where, like, you can watch that scene a hundred times and then not realize how ridiculous what they're eating is. Like it's, it's literally just like a slightly brown broth. It looks like <laughs> somebody just poured chicken broth into like a pot and just heated it up and then just doled it out to everybody. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, back to big night. I mean, the food in that movie, it all looks like a lot of care was put into it. There's some great fucking food jokes throughout it. Like it's a very funny <laughs> movie. Tell me about tell me about your experience with it because you saw it more recently than I did. I've I haven't seen it for a number of years, but you just oh watched it like a week ago. Oh yeah, less than that, probably like a couple days ago or something. It was a fantastic. I actually crazy thing is I made pizza right before I watched it. I put like a lot of garlic in it, mm. and um, as the opening credits were running, I like with like the Italian music. I was eating my pizza. And I was oh, like, man. this is fucking great. And then I paused it and like put my pizza away, whatever. And like, cause I was full and I wanted to pay attention to the movie more. And like, I restarted it. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I've got like garlic taste in my mouth and like tomato taste in my mouth and everything. So you were primed to enjoy that movie. It was like a fucking 3D. Yeah, I was about to say, it was like you had your glasses on. <laughs> yeah. That was a four dimensional film that you watched. Yeah, it was amazing. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> but no, like even without that though, like that movie, the characterizations, like all of the characters have so much to them. And I, 
when I was telling my friend at work about it, I like was looking it up on IMDb because I was like trying to tell him different people that were in it because the cast is like incredible, mm. right? Yeah. And what's crazy is fucking Campbell Scott, uh, who's like the car salesman in it. He like directed it with like one of the other guys, the guy who's in like Transformers and all this shit. Like he's in a, like a lot of Stanley stuff. Tucci. Yeah, dude, like they directed it and then Stanley Tucci like wrote it with somebody else. And it's like, I didn't expect like the people in the film to have directed it because I love it when that fucking shit happens. Yeah, like, he wrote it with his cousin, I think, Stanley. That's so cool. So it's like a very, you know, it's a very family film, you know? That's so fucking awesome. It, and it comes through because yeah. like, you know, those scenes like that. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but the stuff that happens in that last fucking scene is just like sums up mm. everything, you know? Yeah, like, it's my, that's one of my favorite ending scenes in any movie ever. And yeah. if you're, if you're at home right now and you want to do Campbell Scott shots, that's the second time he's been mentioned in this show thus far because he was in no reservations. So if oh, you're doing Campbell Scott shots, you're two drinks in right now. Hell yeah. Dude. If you're doing big night shots, if you're doing <laughs> big, just a word big, then you're just fucking hammered. Yeah. They can't even understand what we're saying anymore. Yeah. So big night, just fucking see it. I mean, what more can we say than that? Oh God, it's, it's so, so good. It, it's like, one of those movies, it's not conceivable that anybody could dislike it. Yeah, and I really feel like Big Night, it kind of is what made me want to do this podcast is because like, because I've always felt like, um, like food is so important in movies as far as like, as a connector to like show that the people are, to suspend your disbelief and make you feel like the characters are real, like that they're connecting to each other. Right, they always, it's something tactile, it's tangible. Exactly. It makes you think of, this is going to sound weird, but it makes sense. It's going to make you, th it makes you think of their mouths a lot because their, their mouths, like, like, I think when you're, when you're watching like actors and stuff, you, you stare at like their eyes a lot, then you stare at their mouth a lot and everything. But like when they eat and like, you start to like feel more like empathetic towards them because it's like, you can imagine yourself eating and interacting with the things and the reality and stuff and like, is yeah, it's like a it's like a vulnerable moment. You're seeing yeah. them vulnerable. You're seeing them having to do something that they have to do to survive. Yeah. It's like you always see like using the bathroom omitted in films, unless it's like really important to the story, which is like almost never. Like maybe in comedies, you'll see some sort of like gross out humor thing with like using the toilet. But for the most part in film and in like books and in like most media, you see that part of life omitted. You don't see people having to go pee or having to take a shit like in the middle of a story, you know, it's, it's, true. I feel like it's we not could... something that like just happens. You'll see people eating though. Like that's a, a facet of life that you'll see people doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like we could do an entire episode on the bathroom too though, because like, I that's, know yeah, that's actually pretty good of what it's used really well. Best uses uh, of bathroom and <laughs> film. I've got one yeah. queued up already, which is the opening of sideways. Oh yeah. See, I haven't seen that either, but well, he's, he's dropping a deuce, right? In the opening of the movie, which I think <laughs> is just like a great opening scene. But back to food, not what food becomes after oh. you eat it. See, see that see, segue? That was fucking good. That was extremely good. <laughs> that was like some fucking Zizek shit because he's always big on the excrement. <laughs> he's always talking about film as excrement. He's excrement. I can't even do his voice. He's yeah, excrement. <laughs> that, that was pretty bad like too. <laughs> What'd you say? Thought I'm more like Schwarzenegger. Oh, I thought you said only the last half of that dude's last name, and I was like, uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I heard, I heard some sort of N word in there. <laughs> All right, so um, 
I wanted to bring up something that you actually wrote about about a month ago, which was the movie Casper, because you had a, a, a misconception about that film. Yes. That you then, since writing it, you remembered the film that you were actually right about that being in. So just tell tell the listeners a little bit if they haven't read the piece and they totally should. Like even, you know, listen to this and then go read it if you haven't. Yeah, it's but, really short, guys. Come yeah, on. I mean, it's like, what, 800 words? But yeah, give us a talk about that. I know, uh, in Casper, um, there's a lot of food going on because, like, they're ghosts, and it really makes you feel bad for the ghosts that they can't fucking eat properly, but at the same time, they eat, they just, it just, like, falls out of them and shit, but, like... <laughs> Which is a great yeah. device, I love that. Yeah, I love that, I fucking love it that. It just drops on the floor, right? Yeah, it's, like, all mushy and everything, yeah. but, um, but, like, Casper, like, makes breakfast for Cat, and, um, it's like he's trying to impress her, and it's how, it's actually... Him making breakfast for her is when she begins to trust him and connect with him and realize that he's like a person and not just a ghost and like that she doesn't have to be scared of him. Right. And it's a beautiful fucking scene. It's like one of the best scenes I've ever seen in my life. And as a kid, I loved that movie, but I didn't realize how beautiful that scene was. I mean, there is literally a part where they touch hands and like her hand goes through his hand mm. and everything. And that happens after he's made her breakfast. And it's like the thing I misconceived or whatever is he makes her uh, eggs and he makes her orange juice like within seconds of each other. And um, they're the same fucking color. <laughs> and <laughs> when I was a kid, I was always like, oh, he mixes them. And that's weird as shit. But um, he actually like strains the egg or I mean, sorry, I'm doing it now. Even he like <laughs> strains the fucking it's hard because it looks so similar. I know it does. He strains the he strains the orange juice through his hand to get the pulp out, and then he throws the pulp against the wall, and it makes like a splatter, and it makes you think of egg yolk even because he just made an egg for her right. and scrambled it using his hand. Also, it's just and bad. Like, it's a bad choice of it's not foods though, in an it, order. It's not though because like it's perfect because orange is like the color that I feel like orange and red are like the colors that make you think of mm, food, hungry, whatever, and like um. It's like he's really just making her like the most tasty looking sustenance foods he can think of. He's like, oh, she's a human. She loves orange. Here it is. <laughs> like, you know. I mean, I love that assessment <laughs> of it. I love that you're you're defending like this uh, this scene so strongly. Dude, I love the fucking scene. It's so good. Um, it's so emotional and everything. And there's so much tactile shit in that movie. Like, there's a part where uh, it's so sad. He like. They're, they're getting really close and she's like going to sleep and he uh, he touches her cheek or something and she doesn't know it. And she goes, Casper, it's, clo it's cold. Close the window. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, God. Fuck. Like, you That's know? good fucking writing, dude. Yeah, it's incredible. And you just that shit always made me like tear up, man. Like, yeah, that's heavy. Yeah. I mean, ghost it's shit's always heavy. Yeah, but this is like the heaviest ghost movie I've ever seen. Like I've, I saw Have Ghost as a kid. Yeah, you've seen Ghost, right? And like, I feel like Casper's heavier than Ghost is. Probably is. And Sixth like, Sense is heavier than Ghost. I actually haven't seen Sixth Sense. There's so many movies Girl. I haven't seen. Like, Girl. I haven't even seen Scarface. You were talking about Scarface. I haven't fucking seen Scarface. All right. Well, Scarface, you can see later. Sixth Sense, see it like soon and okay. and write about it or, or do one of your little short reviews where like you actually watched a movie, you know? Okay. Yeah, I mean, dude, you're gonna fucking love that. If you like, if you like uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost, you're gonna like Sixth <laughs> so Sense. Mockingly, it's not like that. Okay, <laughs> I know. it's a 
actual film. I believe you. I, I want to <laughs> rewatch it because of your assessment. Do it, dude, you'll be like, this is the most Chloe movie I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> like, like, I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, so I'm due for a rewatch. You'll be like, she got all of her personality from this film. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but like, it's very, it's very me. All right, so uh, the thing we left out, though, is that you then realized what film actually does the orange and egg mixture later on. It's a 90s fucking thing, Um, like never-ending story. And, and like, what's crazy is when I was writing the piece and I changed it, I was like, when um, her and her dad are having breakfast, they mix eggs and orange juice. You remembered it as as them, too. From uh, never-ending story when the dad and the son have breakfast. Sebastian has breakfast with his dad and his dad's like weird. His dad's kind of, and it makes sense the eggs and orange juice thing with them because of their relationship, because you've got, um, they've got like kind of an awkward relationship, Sebastian and his dad, because like the mom's passed away and Mm -hmm. like, which is weird. And Casper, the mom's passed away also. I mean, that's a very nineties trope. Yeah. But like, um, in never ending story, it's like that's happened and they don't really have a very solid thing going on between them. And uh, so, so he when just I, makes it. Well, I think well, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I know they're sitting in the kitchen and they're like having like an awkward kind of conversation about the mom or something. And the dad puts blender like puts eggs and orange juice in a blender. And Damn. I think that it like gives him a weird look or some shit. So it's almost in, it's really interesting that like in never ending story, it was like a, it was a schism between the characters. Whereas in in Casper, like it was a connector between the characters you know yeah it's interesting but yeah that's a uh that might be worth a like follow-up piece maybe you should yeah. watch never-ending story soon and i know jenna noticed it too she she commented and i was like yeah man like because i feel like it sticks out in people's minds a lot of, oddly women like i think women have like a big thing with food where like food stands out to us probably it might be like the way we're brought up to make a lot of it or something i don't know but like um like every time I've talked to girls about like when I was writing the Casper piece, I talked to like a girl at work and I was like, do you remember the eggs and the orange juice? And she was like, yeah, they don't mix those. And I was like, no, apparently they don't actually. And she was like, I totally thought they did. And That's funny that everybody had that same mistake yeah, with like, it. Everybody keeps like, like thinking it's different than it is. I think it's a kid thing. It's like kids just like they take stuff that they see in movies and then they just like mix them together. Weird. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid, like, I don't know if you ever did this, but I used to make like mixtures of just random stuff in like the, uh, you know, in the kitchen or whatever. Oh, totally. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, it, it's not inconceivable for eggs and orange juice to get mixed together because you mix whatever else just out of curiosity. You know, I shit on the movie Gummo a lot. I'm not a big fan was, of it. Oh, you might bring that up. Yeah. But there is a distinct scene in that film that everybody remembers, whether you like the movie or not. And you kind of like the scene because it's just, it depicts the tactile kind of like four dimensional quality of food and film so well, which is when he's sitting in the dirty bath and he's eating a plate of spaghetti and he has like a chocolate bar with it. And like he drops like the chocolate bar, like in the dirty water and then like eats the chocolate. And it's, it's such like a, um, like the thing I could compare it to is like Dusan Makaviev who did sweet movie. There's some food stuff in that. That like, that's the only other example I can think of where like, it's handled so expertly, like your taste buds like cringe with the film. I mean, even just a combination of like spaghetti and chocolate. And then also the thing of like him drinking milk with it too. 
Like it's just this combo that's just like, I mean, the whole theme of that movie is that it's turning these American things like off axis and getting weird with them. But it feels almost like a thing that would happen. I mean, right. it's not even like, I, I mean, well, we always had, knew kids like that. We always knew kids that would yeah. have like, they would be obsessed with certain weird food combos. Like I, I remember having baths like that as a kid, but I didn't have like a dirty, disgusting fucking bathtub, like in gummo or whatever. But you didn't eat but spaghetti like, in the bathtub. Or did I, you? I, don't I feel know. like I might have at least once in my life, but I'm really strange. That's funny. But I don't remember. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I do remember things like when you're a kid, like dropping something in there and then fucking eating it anyway. And sh- in and the like, bath? I don't know. I just I think back <laughs> and I'm like, that's a thing that would have happened. And right on. Have, yeah. Know? I mean, if it didn't happen to you, it happened to somebody you knew. It like, happened I, to people. Like, <laughs> it <you> happened. <laughs> um, no, but there's this kid on the block when I was a kid who was famous for eating food if it dropped on the floor. Uh-huh. It was this girl, actually. She would just eat any food that you dropped on the floor. Like if you're eating something and she wanted some of it, like you knew that if you dropped it on the floor, she would then eat it. So it was like a game. Yeah. So like people would like if you were eating chips, she was like, oh, let me get some chips. If you just toss the chips on the floor, she would like eat it. What a fucking animal. It, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like everybody has like a version of that. Like some yeah. kid they knew who would just eat fucking anything or eat it in a weird way or whatever but that was my version of that and then another example another film got to talk about it's actually a short film but it's collected on a uh, a dvd i think it's called three extremes and it's the short called dumplings by a director with my favorite name in the entire world for a director which is fruit chan (laughs) my favorite fucking name fruit chan in all of cinema first name fruit last name chan greatest name (laughs) And uh, Dumplings is a, it's a horror short about this woman who wants to be younger. And she finds that a way to be younger is there's this woman who takes aborted babies and then chops them up and makes dumplings out of them. And if you eat the dumplings, it's like a fountain of youth. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because the dumplings (laughs) look really fucking good in that movie. And you can tell he's doing that on purpose because, I mean, everybody loves fucking dumplings just in general. But even just the chopped up baby looks appetizing, <laughs> which is, I mean, usually in horror, they go for like the gross out thing. Like that's the easy thing. You can gross somebody out really easily, but to make them so unsettled with finding something like appealing that they shouldn't, because yeah, it there are unappealing aspects of it in the film. There are unappealing scenes, they're gross out scenes, but like the actual like chopped up baby in the dumpling looks really fucking good because it's it's shot in like an appealing way and it's just it's a great play on like what you can do with a horror movie because you're cringing on the inside with yourself for like finding it appealing yeah that's awesome so that's that's, yeah that's one of my favorite examples one i want to talk about recently did you ever see the movie chef i saw parts that's the parts while walking into the theater well i yeah i have a similar uh experience with that which is that i love the first half hour of that movie it's really, really, really solid. And in like, if that were just it, if it were like the pilot of some show, it would be like instantly my favorite show or something. But it takes a, a very distinct turn as far as tone and location and everything, like right after the first act of that movie. It's a really, real shame because that first that first chunk is so good and John Favreau is so good in it and the food is handled so well and the way that everybody's talking about the food and the way it's presented, it's just perfect. And it just drops the ball because it's, for one thing, it stops being about the food. 
you know, it veers off. It's just about the characters and it's about characters you, you care about less than the characters that you liked from the first chunk. Like it's just very bobbled. And it's a shame because it could have been really bobbled. fucking good. Yeah, it's bobbled. You like that word choice? Bobbled. Yes. Um, you want to say it again? Bobbled. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I feel you. Like it's. Not, I remember you vaguely saying something like it had the I am legend problem or whatever. Well, yeah. Or, that's was a, that a different movie? That's a notorious one because, I mean, the last, everybody hates the last chunk of I am legend, but. If it were it adds like, more people, right? Yeah. And also, like, if it were, like, an hour thing, it would be, like, one of the best movies in the last 20 years. But just that added chunk is just really fucking ruins it. And everybody feels that way. Even people that love I Am Legend. Totally. I've never run into a person who didn't have that complaint with it, which is really a shame. But it seems like I've been talking to people like Chef, and they didn't have the problem with it that I did. So this might be a Cody is the odd man out kind of situation. How about movies that make you, like, fucking hungry? Because for me, oh. it was always like old Shaw Brothers stuff and like John Woo stuff like hard boiled. Like I can't watch those without wanting to eat Chinese food. Mm. Well, movies that make me fucking hungry. And it's weird because um, there's not a lot of food in those movies. It's mostly just people fighting. But just whenever I hear like the mono like Shaw Brothers dialogue and like the punches and the cracks and everything like i want to eat chinese food like i can't watch those a without lot eating of chinese food asian movies are really good about that like uh like i already mentioned miyazaki but like you know um fucking uh old boy is all about the food yeah old boy great example yeah old boy with the dumplings again but it's like the and the octopus dumplings. what's with like the dumplings like you're you're talking about how like the dumplings in that other movie, how they make you feel guilty and shit. Like the dumplings in Old Boy, they look good as fuck, but then they repeat them so much they make you feel like shit. And yeah. like that's interesting. Well, they're but the then, gyoza style dumplings, aren't they? Like the thin skin. Well, they're like the ones that are like kind of moon shaped or whatever. And right. Like, yeah. I might be remembering the them wrong. It's been a while. I don't know. But yeah, the octopus thing though. You're right though too. Octopus thing's crazy. And um. Didn't he actually eat that? Like, wasn't that the whole yeah, thing? Yeah. It's like real. Yeah, he actually. He actually ate that. Um, it's pretty intense. And then the host, the host is another Korean one that I like where, where the, um, the, the food and that like is another connection between people. Like the part with, um, there's that great scene where they're all eating like the gas station type food that they've all like found and everything. And, and the little girl's not there, but like they're all, as they're all eating, it's like they're feeding her because they're trying to find her. So they're like, she's there suddenly and they're like feeding the food to her and everything. Mm. And that scene is amazing. Um, another movie I like that's Asian that uh, survive style five plus or however you say it. Um, there's a scene where a wife like comes back from the dead and like try, it's in the very beginning. She tries to, she goes to like make a giant breakfast for her husband and it's all, there's no dialogue whatsoever. And she just makes like this huge fucking breakfast. It like takes up a whole table and then makes him eat it all. And he eats it all. And it's like, you're just like, oh God, this poor man, you know? <laughs> and like, there's like pancakes and fucking like million sunny side up eggs and like smoothie, like blue smoothie and like oh, fucking man. like bread. Like he eats like whole loaves of bread. And there's like all this music going as he's eating all this shit. And then like coffee at the end. I know you were talking about like, uh, you were talking about fights, but you weren't talking about food fights, but maybe think about food fights. And you were talking about, because there's a lot of food fight movie type stuff. Oh, uh, well, right? I was talking about the Shaw Brothers stuff. Yeah. Just 
Chinese people fighting makes me want to eat Chinese food. You were sorry, I, I interrupted your segue. What were you gonna say? <laughs> well, I was thinking of food fights, and I was also thinking because you were talking about uh, mixing food. I was thinking of like there's two movies that have to do with food fights and mixing food. They have the same person in them. Really? And it's somebody who I miss very much. Robin Williams. Fucking uh, Robin Williams in Hook. There's a great fucking food fight. Do you remember that food fight? Of course, fight? yeah. That's like that the cornerstone of the film. But the crazy thing is, it's like not real food. It's like all like whipped cream and like oh, colors it's, and it's shit. fucking bad shit. I mean, that's a crazy like, fucking what the scene. Fuck is that shit right? It looks like and, like modeling clay and shit. Yeah, but it looks so good. It's and weird. You're just like, yeah, that's yeah, a really yeah, trippy bizarre. fucking scene, dude. Yeah, it's bizarre as shit. But uh, as a kid, you're just like, that looks fucking, I, I would eat the fuck out of that. <laughs> like, That's actually like a very Dusan Markoviev scene. Like, I'm almost wondering if Spielberg's seen like Sweet Movie or something, because the way that they play around the table with food in that scene in Hook, it's just occurring to me now, like that's kind of Sweet Movie. Not to like the same extreme, but like, eh, I could see where that connection could be made. I need to see Sweet Movie. Now that you keep talking about it. It's it's one of those ones it's important to see. It's not something you're going to fucking like adore, but you're right. going to adore things in it. Like there's very distinct moments in it that are just like, I wouldn't trade for the world, even though as a whole, not a fully enjoyable experience as a whole, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but back to Robin Williams though, fucking like that scene. But then you remember Jack, which is a weird fucking movie too. Him and his fucking one-syllable weird-ass movies about kids. <laughs> like, Jack has a lot of food shit. Like, you've got that fucking part where the kids mix together all that stuff in a bowl in the treehouse. Mm. And it's, like, spaghetti and peanut butter and, like, mustard and, like, all this fucking shit. And they're like, you're gonna eat it. You're gonna eat it. They're, like, sticking the hand in it. And one thing that I always found fascinating about that was, like, they do it twice. They do it once for uh, once for Jack. And then they do it another time for Bill Cosby, right? <laughs> <laughs> i totally forgot he's in that movie <laughs> yeah he's the tutor and they get him up there and he they're fucking initiating him too because he has to be initiated even though he's an old man yeah and, and but the second time when they do it for him it's like they put more mayonnaise in it or something because but two different like weird spaghetti concoction hands in it and mixtures they don't look the same color mm -hmm. so it's like they gave him like some kind of different one <laughs> Wow. Like the See, stuff the kids brought that day was different. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you? Like the attention, the detail with like weird food. You're like a weird food and movies expert. I can't not <laughs> pay attention to it. You're the foremost expert on weird food and movies. That's why you need to see Sweet Movie because that, that will add to your, uh, your knowledge <laughs> of weird food and movies, weird combos. But yeah, I mean, you and Greg are the only people I know who have ever spoken about the movie jack jack is so fucking weird it's it's so good it's like and do you remember like i had that thing for a while where like i would it was like a month or something everything made me think of robin williams movies <laughs> like, well yeah i mean he died well no no before that though it was like a half a year before that so you're uh, saying he, you predicted his death i hope, I hope not God. <laughs> That'd be so weird because I'd be like, I'd be like, oh god, do I have like some kind of early edition like problem where like I'm I love that you you use the example of early edition. <laughs> I love that show. Why is dude that, that show ruled? Dude, the fucking cat on the newspaper. Yeah, man, that's all you need. Dude, I want to see that show again so bad. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> no, like, it makes me wonder if, like, I would start wondering, like, do I have, like, a six-month early edition problem? Like, every six months, I'm going to predict someone's death. Oh, God. Like, what are you into like, now? Like, I hope it's not my movies. I, oh, God, no. But, no, I, I've been into your movies, like, thoroughly. Oh, uh, yeah. That's another thing we need to fucking talk about if we're going to be on this podcast uh, with this topic. We oh, have yeah? to talk about Chinese food on the floor. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely incredibly important that we talk about the correlation between fall and shredder and Chinese food on the floor. I yeah, guess. man. Well, but, not, not yeah. specifically on the floor. Cause in mine, it's in a bed, but it's the same basic shot and it's, you know, yeah, yeah. it's but, where I mean, it's directly where I was influenced for that scene. Yeah. So like describe the scene. Sorry. I've like gotten all domineering and told you <laughs> what to do. Like you're like, I'm the host or so I'm not, but like describe your own movies bed scene and tell tell us why it's related to eric schaefer's fall <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah there's a scene in my film where it's uh me and the other character eating chinese food in bed and the way that i laid out the scene it's uh i mean visually it's similar to a scene in fall my favorite eric schaefer movie one of my favorite movies of all time even and there's a scene where it's him and a girl eating Chinese food and I get I think like Indian food and like Italian food and a whole bunch of like takeout foods on the floor. And I laid out my shot of my characters similar to his because it's just a perfect shot for that. Like I love in film when you see somebody nail a perfect shot for a specific thing. Like that's a perfect shot for two people eating takeout. And so I had to basically use that shot. You know, I tweaked it a little bit. It's not a direct one-to-one -one version. But yeah, it's, it's a very important scene in, in both the films. And, and both of those scenes are like, that's another one where you don't really, it's not like the food is like so prominent where you see it really up close, like in Big Night or something. Right. Or, but like the food is like a good, it's a, it's a people connector again. It's like, it's like the people are, are like, they want to fucking connect to each other, obviously. It's like couples both times. And they're doing like a thing that we've all fucking done, which is like have takeout with like the person you're with at the time. And it's just fucking romantic, but like in like a gross, like fucking full, like jokey way. And it's beautiful. Like I, I, I really like both of those scenes. I really like both of those movies a lot, actually. And they're good movies. So, so good on you for making Shredder. Yeah, right. I'm going to use that as a sound bite. Good on you for making Shredder. Chloe yeah. Pelty, smug film. Exactly. Uh, but no, like Shredder is a fucking great movie. It's underrated as fuck. What about rehearsals? That one's good too. Rehearsals is fucking great too. And there's a little bit of food in rehearsals, but there it's mostly food just like and, yeah, there girls is food. picking at a muffin <laughs> and a breakfast. Yeah, there's but... <laughs> a lot of muffin picking. At <laughs> yeah. We can relate the... to the muffin picking. Taking raisins out of a muffin. There's a uh, there's somebody eating just plain pasta with a little bit of parm on it. Yeah, I like the transition from one pancake to another pancake. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, man, I'm good at movies. Yeah, you're good at movies. I got two under my belt. And those are good. Yeah, you're making another one. You're making bed. I am, and there's food in that one too. Yeah, there's food and food. There's a good food scene in bed. I'm not gonna say shit, but there's a good food scene in bed. Yeah, you sure. read the script. Yep. Good script, right? Definitely a good script. One of the best <laughs> scripts I've ever read. You've read like two though. Yeah, but you know, so. That's all right. I'll cut that last uh, correction on my part out. I'll just leave it as, you know, a positive thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think we tackled food well. We can probably uh, move on to cutting it for mailbag. Is there any, anything else you want to add before we split? 
Well, I have one more instance of food that I love. All right. Um, I have to, I can't like not mention Chaplin ever. Like he used a lot of really good stuff with food. I think it's because he grew up so hungry. And so like he was really good at depicting, uh, depicting food and like how like people were always fighting for it and stuff. Mm. Like uh, I'll just like list some of the best ones is like uh, there's a part in the circus, which is actually like my least favorite film of his. But like he he like tells a girl to eat an egg slowly because it'll digest better. <laughs> like she's really hungry and she gets like one egg. Well, that's true. Like, actually, the slower you eat. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like it's so it's so well like depicts like how fucking hungry she is. Because, like, she's, like, deciding how to eat that egg. Mm. And then, like, there's uh, the gold rush. Of course, you've got, like, the licorice shoe. Like, he ate the shoe for real, and it was made out of licorice and stuff. And, like, they're just hungry all the time. The guy turns into a fucking chicken and stuff. <laughs> like, you know, mm. like, that movie's great with food. But then um, my favorite instance of a Chaplin food thing is uh, this short called A Dog's Life, where him and his brother, Sidney, actually star in it together. And there's this amazing scene where um his brother Sydney is is uh, at the street vendor cart and he's making some stuff and Charlie keeps fucking stealing biscuits from him <laughs> and it's really <laughs> it's really funny like he keeps like every time he turns around he like takes the biscuit and like shoves it in his mouth and eats it really fast That's and great. like it's you can tell that they're brothers cuz their interaction is like very like playful it's like the guy like is knows he's up to no good but he's like kind of enjoying like playing with him with it a little bit i remember that scene and, like, actually i've seen that yeah that it's, i haven't it's, thought like, about that in in a long 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 time i probably saw that when i was a kid but yeah yeah but i feel like what it comes down to is like like i keep saying it but i feel like food is like the best thing at showing connections between people and suspending our disbelief about connections between Absolutely. Like, like like whether they have trust or not like all that, like what happens with the food is like really, really connected to that. And it, I feel like it just makes us like as viewers not feel so distant from them. Oh, anymore. absolutely. I think that's you know? a great assessment. Yeah. One <laughs> one more quick uh, old one, because I mean, we really should end on that. But it just you talking about Chaplin reminded me of an old one that I really dig, which is there's a uh, 1940. I don't think it's a short. I think it's probably like one of those like 50, 60 minute movies, which is a Laurel and Hardy called Saps at Sea which there's this great scene in it that everybody knows from Lauren Hardy stuff. Like it's one of their most iconic comedy pieces, which is they make like a meal for like, I think the, um, the captain, I guess it is. They like cook a meal for the captain and they use like string for spaghetti and they use like the great soap for the cheese. Like they're trying to like incapacitate him or something. So they make him this elaborate, like indigestible meal. It's, fucking ridiculous and it's hilarious and they of course you know they end up having to eat it or whatever that's a really good one to see because it plays with like that tactile aspect of food where like you're seeing food that's not food but looks like food and you're hearing the sound effects of them like chewing the rope and like trying to eat it it's like an impossible thing to do but they're trying to do it anyway it's a great scene fucking great all right so i'm gonna cut it here we'll be back soon with questions from the mailbag everyone I have a confession to make. I did it again. I combined foods in movies again. They don't eat pineapple soup in Harriet the Spy, okay? They eat tomato soup or something that looks like it. (sighs) He brings the pineapple to the house and she suspects that he is the grocery thief and then they are eating soup and it is tomato soup and it is not pineapple soup.
And I wish it was pineapple soup because that sounds really fucking good. However, he does say, life is sweet again. And that would work a lot better with pineapple soup being eaten than tomato soup. Oh, also, it's bratwurst, not liverwurst. First question is from Alan, and he asks, why is popcorn so expensive? Oh, man, that's the perfect question for me. Yeah, man, because you work in a movie theater. Okay. Actually, in my theater, not mine specifically that I own or something, but... Yeah, you're an employee. You're not a... uh, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's... um, We actually have a thing... It's bottomless popcorn. It's pretty dope. Uh, what you get is the only way you can get popcorn at Alamo Draft House is you if get you a take giant... your pants off. Yes, <laughs> that's why it's called like bottomless, how... folks. <laughs> like I said, giant, and then you said take your pants off. This big pause. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a giant, yeah, uh... you pull, pull the old pants off, and they'll give you popcorn for free. Yeah, and we have a bottomless popcorn and it comes in a big silver bowl kind of like at your house actually um what do you mean and, well like uh, a lot of kids i don't when i was a kid we had oh, like a yeah, silver shit. bowl You're at my fucking house right. and you like and there, for, there was even that's one in shredder. shredder fuck oh. yeah there's there was a shredder yeah, man. little bits at the bottom and stuff i love all these shredder you're like, references you're like they're they're not eatable that great scene yeah yeah. Um, Everybody's like, I haven't seen Shredder. What are they talking you guys about? Need, well, that's your problem, fuckers. Yeah, see if you Shredder. listen to this fucking show, <laughs> you should have seen Shredder by now. I mean, that's Cody Clark really, 101. Like, it'll help you picture Cody while he's hosting the show. Probably. See him. See a lot of Cody movement there. Isms. Anyway. A lot of isms. A lot of Cody-isms. A lot of facial expressions. <laughs> you can imagine facial expressions while you're listening to Cody right as on. I have to do because right now I'm staring at my wall. Um breaking the but, fourth uh, wall literally by talking about <laughs> a wall. I'm gonna break it with my eyes like <laughs> Superman. So no um it <laughs> almost became like a rap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you start going to rap esque metaphors. But yeah, anyway, anyway, back to uh back to popcorn. Popcorn and not the pants <laughs> kind. Um <laughs> it has like a little asterisk on the sign in the place. Like, please don't take your pants off. Please keep your pants on. I know that the Smug Film (laughs) Podcast said this, but they're not affiliated with us, okay? Right on. (laughs) But anyway, sorry. Um, Okay, uh, bottomless popcorn. So for six bucks, you get unlimited refills on your fucking popcorn, which is awesome. That's like really not that expensive at all. I'm not even being like a person advertising right now. I'm like, that's a good fucking deal considering you go to another place it has fake fucking butter on it and yeah. like fucking comes in a bag and costs you like $10. Fucking at Alamo Draft House, you get $6, fucking giant bowl. You write refill on your fucking order card and you get it again and again and again. Some people have ordered like 10 fucking refills from me. Damn. Like, Somebody likes popcorn. Yeah, yeah man. And the pop, uh, the butter is actual butter. Like we literally just take giant chunks of butter and fucking melt the shit. Yeah, boy. And like, yeah, boy. Uh, it's not good for us <laughs> vegans, but as a vegan, you know what I do? Cause I've you cry popcorn. <laughs> you, you protest the theater. You yeah, pour paint on people. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. go through all the vegan stereotypes. Butter <laughs> is murder. <laughs> Sorry, but what, what do you do? Um, I actually squeeze lemon wedge on the popcorn. Ooh, it's actually really good. That could be good. This is from me testing this for like a couple years of fucking eating popcorn when I'm hungry and don't want to buy food. Uh, like <laughs> fucking squeeze lemon wedge on the motherfucker. We actually have Tabasco sauce too. You can fucking, Ooh, fucking yeah. put Tabasco, Tabasco on Tabasco sauce and popcorn's great. Yeah, man. Or I like to put dark chocolate chips on mine, but like they oh, don't have. Oh shit. Yeah. Anyway though, uh, fucking like yeah, bottomless popcorn. 
that's a dope thing. So it's not expensive. Also, it doesn't come in a bag like you fucking said on the other podcast where you're like, the bag doesn't get the memo. It's really loud or whatever. It's like, it doesn't come in a fucking bag. It comes in a bowl. Look at you with but. your old school uh, smug film references. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's a joke for anybody who, have, who has heard the first uh, Chloe episode. Actually, that was even before that. That really? was the first theater episode. Oh, my God. I love how you're like... You write for the site and you're one of us, but you're also like the the senior most smug film expert. Yeah, man. I'm like the I'm the fucking crazy person who's like knows everybody's middle name. No, I actually don't know anybody's middle name. You just I listen to the episodes, which is more than we can say for most of our listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so traditionally out. popcorn, very expensive in the theaters. Yeah, very expensive. I don't I think I don't know why because honestly, like, you know what? At the end of the night, we fucking throw it away. Right. Like there is because it goes stale. Like there's there's fucking we make a shit ton of it and at the end of the night, we'll end up throwing away like fucking probably 10 bowls worth of popcorn. So it costs you like nothing essentially. Yeah. And there's sometimes <laughs> Sometimes when I'm like hungry and closing, I'll like there is literally like I'll be like throw I'll be throwing it away and eating it at the same time. Like because I'm just like, fuck it, man. It's gonna it's gonna get thrown away. Fuck yeah, it. Man. <laughs> and like uh there's literally one time where I was pouring a bowl into not a bowl someone eaten out of. It was a fresh bowl, but I was pouring it <laughs> into the fucking uh trash can and before it hit it, I was like catching it in my hand and fucking shoving it in my mouth <laughs> like giant fucking oh, man. Because I was just like, fuck it, man. I'm busy. I haven't eaten all fucking day. You and go, like, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that's that's the popcorn thing. It's uh, I don't know how much it actually costs, but it costs us less than a fucking person buying popcorn costs, obviously, because like that uh, made me well, sound I, like I, I, I would, I would hope so. A person costs. <laughs> I know, but like I would certainly hope you're turning some profit on it. Oh, totally we are. <laughs> And uh, the soda too. The soda is the same way. We have bottomless soda. It's like huge fucking. I mean, it's the only. It's the only option. You can't popcorn no and soda. Pop bottomless. Yeah. yeah, totally. You can't get like bottomless like salad or bottomless wings or. No, uh, and of course people always do the joke of like, is the beer bottomless too? I was like, no, dude. <laughs> you should one day. You should be like, yeah, it is. You should do that. Like one. I mean, people would go nuts with that. But you have like a drinking limit, right? Uh, there's no like. But we already discussed this on another podcast. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. No, Never mind. No <laughs> just skip it. Just skip it. <laughs> okay. All right. So the next question is from Greg. And he asks, what's Chloe's favorite movie decision? So, like, which of us does she think has the most favorite to us favorite movie? <laughs> like, which I think he, he, like, fucked it up when he was typing it on, like, on his phone <laughs> or something. But let's try and, like, deconstruct that fucking question. Crazy is he fucking edited it? And it's like a second. That's the second iteration of that. <laughs> that's like the better version. Like, you know, on Facebook comments, you can fucking like edit the comment to like. He edited that. that to that? Yes. Oh, my I God. <laughs> Greg, what is wrong with you? Because I saw it the first time and it was so jumbled. And then the second time it was that. That's the cleaned up version. Yeah. No wonder I'm the editor at Smug Film. Jesus. I know because we're all just <laughs> fucking apes. Like just Jesus. Fucking, like, That's like monkey typewriter shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's let's try and break it down. What's Chloe's favorite movie decision? So like which of us does she think has the most favorite to us, comma, favorite movie? Okay, so know. the last part he means 
specifically a favorite movie. Like the comma means favorite to us, comma favorite movie, as in like our favorite movie. Okay, so we, <laughs> we, we got the last part figured. Okay, so let's read it again. What's Chloe's favorite movie decision? What, what the fuck is a movie decision? <laughs> <laughs> what is a movie decision? Like choosing okay, a movie? What's Chloe's favorite choice of movie? What? No, 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 no. I think it means. What does it mean? What's your take? <laughs> I think maybe he's saying, and even if it doesn't mean that, this, this is a pretty fun one. I think maybe he's going, okay, she knows all of our favorite shit because she's read, she's uh, obsessed with the site. Which one does she like better out of all of them? Like, of all the yeah. movies that we've... No, not all the movies ever. But just like, okay, like, okay, you got Greg. He's obsessed with Field of Dreams and Signs and fucking like, like he doesn't think anything was a movie before right, Jaws right. or whatever. Yeah. You got fucking John with his historian shit and he loves Jaws, but he's like, also loves a bunch of women of Paris and a bunch of shit like that. And then you got like fucking you with like fucking all the Vincent Gallo and the fucking Eric Schaefer and the and all that stuff. And then um, Alex with like how to train your dragon and <laughs> all fucking like whatever. And Gooby. Uh, oh, yeah. Gooby. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get Alex one. Um, yeah. But wait a second. So, but he he says, which of us does she think has the most favorite to us? Favorite? Maybe he means like which of the tastes do I identify with the most, or something. All right. Let's let's we'll just answer that. Okay. Wh whose <laughs> whose taste do you identify with the most? Um, probably yours. Like, but that's probably because you've recommended a lot of shit to me, and I've really enjoyed it. Like, I really like Schaefer and Vincent Gallo, and uh, I really like pretty much everything else you've recommended. Um, but. I usually I, recommend tailored to a person, though. Like, I wouldn't... Like, there are movies that I like that I wouldn't necessarily be like, hey, Chloe, you have to watch this, like, right away. But, like, yeah. we've known each other a really fucking long time, so I can sort of peg, like, which movies you're going to love, like Big Night or, like, Crea Cuervos. Like, that was one where yeah, I was just I like... A, yeah, you wrote a piece for the side about it where I was just like, you have to fucking see this movie. It's so fucking Chloe. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, anytime you think I need to see a movie, you say it's, like, up my alley or so, whatever. But, like, um... No, like just movies you've written pieces about, though. I've liked fucking, uh, I, I understand where Greg's coming from. I've written a piece on that, too, just like about under being able to come at it from both Greg and John's perspective. Right. Being very different. But yeah, I I'll, really post, I'll post a link to that assessment because I really I really like that one. Yeah, I'm glad you liked that one. But like freaking uh, Woman of Paris, like John keeps talking about that. And I keep like getting all excited every time he talks about it because I fucking love Woman of Paris. It's an old Chaplin one that's a drama and he's not really in it. And like nobody ever talks about that. So good on John for fucking talking about that movie. Yeah, man. Chaplin uh, Deep Cuts. Chaplin Deep Cuts. Um, that's your uh, AOL name, right? <laughs> God. No. <laughs> <laughs> More like smug film Deep Cuts. And then like, it's like, that's even deeper of a cut than like, that's like sawing an, a leg off. That's how deep of a cut that is. Oh my God. That was, ooh. That was, that was a really bad joke. That I'm was sorry. horrible. I'm sorry. That was a stretch. But it was, it, like I said earlier, it was like hip-hop-esque. It was almost like a rap metaphor in mm -hmm. the middle of a rhyme. Like such a deep cut. It's like sawing your leg off or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Anyway, so I guess that's an answer to Greg's sort of, I yes, guess I that's mean, his question. Thing. I really like all the people, like all the people on here have like different takes. I really like them. I usually come at movies from like a kind of, very personal standpoint but i mean everybody else does too but it's all very unique so i mean kind of i wouldn't say that there's anybody who's like 
I identify with their taste the most, I guess, because I'm like another one of those standpoints, I guess. Right. You're your own (laughs) archetype. I mean, yeah, exactly. Somebody reads like your piece on like phenomena and it's like, yeah, that's a very Chloe assessment on that movie, you know? Word. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Greg, I don't even know if that's what Greg meant by that question. But I mean, like if Greg's just asking me what my favorite fucking movie is (laughs) in general, because he asked that before, like he said that. Okay. uh, Yeah. What's your favorite movie? I don't know if I have one, like, honestly, I mean, a lot of people say that, but I don't, I can't really off the top of my head. I can't just be like my favorite movie is whatever. Like, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, cause movies are so different from each other, you know, that like, if you're in like a certain mode and talking about a kind of movie, you're like, well, the, my favorite one of that was this, like, whatever. Yeah. But I really like, um, for a while, Chaplin's Limelight was my favorite, but now I'm so fucking sick of it that I don't even... I like it, but it's not my favorite fucking movie. Yeah, you saw it too many times. Exactly. I got fucking sick of Chaplin at this point. Um, God, I don't even... I really like your movies too, but like that would be... To say they're like my favorite movies ever, it like... I mean, in a way they are, but in a way they're not. It's weird. It's hard to explain. Well, they're uh, unique. Like it's... They're just know. so fucking like specific yeah i mean that's the thing with them it's like when people don't like them it's like yeah well yeah of course and when people do like them it's like yeah of course like they're so fucking like like the things people dislike about them are the things that people exactly like about them so it's like a very love it or hate it kind of thing yeah i really love there's movies that like i wouldn't say are my favorite movie but i talk about them a lot because they come up in my head a lot you know Mm-hmm. Like I like I said, I've your I've referenced your movies a lot. I've referenced Chaplin a lot, but um, there's a, like this Mike film that I reference a lot called The Bird People in China, and which you've been what, trying to get me to see for a while. I gotta finally to fucking. To watch that I gotta watch that soon. Yeah, uh, it's it's and that is a good like bathroom moment movie. <laughs> bathroom moment. Like we we're talking about like how there's. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? So I've seen with two guys taking a dump at the same time. Right on. That's really good. But <laughs> we, we really got to do that episode. I, I'm yeah, queuing I up that, ones in my mind now. We we should just do like another like one. <laughs> this is just that. I mean, something. shit is the sequel to food. Yeah, it is the sequel <laughs> to food. And like, uh, that's another thing I forgot to mention real quick. It's like the Svankmeyer shorts, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Right. Those are fucking weird as shit. And that's just food. It's like the one with the guy who the breakfast one where the guy's like a machine thing. And like, he's like pushing his eye in to like get the like sausage to come up inside. of It's like yeah. really hard to explain that visually. Yeah. That's one. The Maybe they're on YouTube. If they are, I'll put li- links are. to them. They are on YouTube. Okay. So yeah, um, I'll put links because they're hard to describe. People should just watch them. They're like five yeah, they're minutes fantastic, or whatever. But like, yeah, I would definitely say if you're, thinking about food and movies watch that shit but that's almost like a for me like those breakfast lunch and dinner the grossness of that is almost like a transition between food and then the sequel that is shit you <laughs> so, know what i mean like yeah. because it's, we'll have to do that episode fun. that's that's too good to not do <laughs> yeah totally the shit all right so <laughs> i guess like but you love crea cuervos that's like up there as like a favorite right yeah crea cuervos is fantastic um it's just i haven't had enough it's hard to explain what I mean, but like, it's almost like I haven't had enough time with it to fucking feel like it's, it's like one of my favorites, like in my top, like five or 10 or something. Like all of the, all of the ones I'm talking about are in like my top five or 10, but it's like, I, I don't know. It, it's just so hard to tell which one is. That's all right. That's how everybody feels. Yeah. All right. So we got one more question here. Um, this one's from Alex. 
and he asks, what's my favorite movie? <laughs> Which I love that as a question. <laughs> Let's try and figure out what Alex's favorite movie is. Okay, so what do we know about Alex? We know that he hasn't been writing on the site for a while because he's fucking lazy. Actually, no, he's just doing fucking actual science, which is more important than uh, movies. That's why Alex hasn't been writing much. But he was, you know, for those who don't know, he was of the three main smug film people from the start. He was one of them. It was me, Greg, and Alex. We were churning out movies. I mean, not movies. Churning out movie writing every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's what we were doing for the first year. So Alex is old school smug film. He's only been like on like one episode of the show, but... He's going to be on some more coming up, but mostly he just does science. He's like a science guy. He's like Alex, the science guy. I have two things. I have the movie for that I think Alex would like, and a lot of people at Smug Film would like, but particularly Alex. And why? <laughs> so, <laughs> Encino Man. Yeah, he'd probably like that movie. It's got science. It's like, it's it's a guy who is fucking dug up like a rock. Yeah, he loves rocks. <laughs> and it's funny as shit. It's cartoonish as shit. And um, that movie just, it's fucking great. Like, if he doesn't like it, I'm going to just think he's dumb. Yeah, that's but, a great movie. Yeah, I love that I movie. Love that movie. that movie has food in it. Fucking, uh, yeah, the, man. The, um, the gas station scene. Yep. <laughs> Two that's minutes. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> a great fucking scene. All right, we so my, choose. I guess my pick for Alex would probably be Galaxy Quest because he's kind of like a dork. I mean, I mean that in like the greatest way possible because he's like one of those dorks that do shit. He's not like yeah. one of those dorks that's like a brony and does nothing with their life. Like, no, he's doing fucking science, people. He yeah. cares about things. He He's out there touching rocks, you know, talking to people, making things happen. He's one of those guys. So I oh. would pick Galaxy Quest because there's like a rock monster in that movie. So it's like it satisfies like the geek taste stuff, but it also satisfies the rock love, you know? I mean, his favorite movie has to be one with a rock monster in it. That makes sense. Really? Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good pick. Yeah, man. You know what? What if he's what if he's digging up the rocks so that he can try to find out what past civilizations and past races on other planets and shit watched as movies? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Say, are you? Did you write that Greg question from before? <laughs> <laughs> say that say that again because I did not follow. I, I no. did not follow any of that. If you can say that again exactly as you just said it, I'll give you like five million dollars. <laughs> you don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what I have. <laughs> I know you don't. No, know but what, what the about. fuck did you say? What if Greg is digging up rocks and looking at the strata of the rocks, looking at the inside of the rocks, and finding out how old they are and shit, so that he can find out like what the people in the past before we know about people and the people on other planets with this with the rocks that slammed into our rock planet what they what they watched if they had movies <laughs> i think that's exactly what he's doing actually yeah he's he's trying to figure out what movies they watch see i like that as like an alex like origin story kind of like <laughs> continued adventures of alex kind of what thing. if what if the rocks are like you know like how records have like those ridges that like let you play. I don't know how they grooves. work. Grooves or whatever. What if the rocks, like the strata and the rocks and like all the little details in there. What if that is like actually a thing that like if you put it in a special thing, that a big rock thing, it lets you play like a rock movie. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to ask him if anybody knows it's, it's Alex. Alex. He would know whether there exist rocks with grooves that if you play them on a special machine, play a movie <laughs> about rocks. 
I really hope that it's not just Fraggle Rock that plays. Fraggle Rock's great. Big. Shut up. Fraggle Rock is great, but it would be kind of a cop out. It would just be too on the nose. Yeah. All right. It's to be something else. All right. We just went way into crazy town. We went into space, literally. <laughs> All right. We are going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This was fun. We'll we'll talk I about really shit did. next time. Literally. literally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for listening. Any final words? Um, was that your final gotta, word? That was one word. If it's a word, I got to decide what I'm going to eat now. Oh, yeah, me too. Shit. Uh, mm. Maybe everybody on this episode thinks like listening to this thinks we're high because we're just talking about food. <laughs> and then like that end bit was like <laughs> yeah. really fucking out there. But the funny thing is neither of us are. No. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. You, know. you got those uh, cannabinoids in you naturally, genetically. That's right. There was that whole thing. You sent me a thing about cannabinoids. and Yeah, how... apparently some people have more cannabinoids in them naturally, like from their genes. And it makes them behave as though they're more high naturally, but they're not. But then they can handle doing more stuff at the same time. Mm. And I don't know if you listeners know, but Cody does a lot of stuff. I think it, we came to the conclusion that I've probably got like cannabinoids out the wazoo. Hella cannabinoids. That's why. Yeah, you, man. Yeah, uh, it helps. You, apparently, it helps you handle a lot of stress. You're just like, oh, it's cool. So you just like do a bunch of shit instead of worrying about it. And like, that's totally what you do, though. Yeah, man. So like. And yeah. I never, I never get high ever. So. Yeah. It's all these cannabinoids. Yeah, cannabinoids. I mean, they they're one of those things that like sound bad, but they're like good. You know? Yeah. Like if somebody told you you had cannabinoids, you'd be thinking like, oh, fuck, <laughs> that's like the technical term for bed bugs or something. Sounds like some creatures crawling out of your skin or something. It sounds like one of those 80s cartoons. Like it would be like yeah. three guys and they're like fighting like these robot monsters from like another planet called the cannabinoids and shit. Yeah. Anyway. That was fun. That was fun. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.